we could just wait to turn them on until we leave this apartment complex. People are usually, you know, resting and sleeping, and we want to be respectful and honoring. So um, now I have the honor of introducing tonight's speaker. Uh, some of you know him as a worship leader here sometimes. Um, other times you see him with Bill in the School of Prophets um, giving out words. And some of you know him as the real foodie that follow him on Facebook. <laughs> but <laughs> he is my husband. Tonight's speaker is Joel. Welcome him. guys hear me okay? Yeah. There we go. How's everybody doing? Yeah. We're going to have a little beverage sip real quick before we get started. It's good stuff. <clears throat> Thank you, worship team. Come on. That's good. Emily, I'm not used to this being this far away from everybody, but it's all good, right? Um, so a little high up here. But um, just a brief interjection before we open in prayer. Um, the elder and pastoral team of Blazing Fire are on an elder retreat tonight, or actually this weekend. And so, you know, they send their blessings and their love. And I just want to take a minute to just, um, let's just pray for them right now. Father, we thank you for the... Um, Pastor Brent, Suzanne, Pastor Russ and uh, Susan, and Pastors Todd and Karina, Lord God, just meet them. Thank you for always just speaking to them, the vision of this house. Father, we, we thank you for the, uh, the value and the worth that they impart into each and every one of us on a continual basis. And so we just bless them. They're north, so we bless them in the north direction. And just say, have your way, Holy Spirit, invade and, and show, show out and show off. Just like you're going to do here tonight in a greater way. Everybody in agreement said, amen. amen. Awesome. So as my wife said, my wife, Lynn, and I, are, we're, we're part of the leadership team here at Blazing Fire. And uh, it is an honor and a privilege every time we get to um, uh, agree with you in whatever capacity that looks like. Um, tonight... <clears throat> Pastor Brent asked if I would share. and So I want to continue on for those of you who are at Winds of Change on this Wednesday. How many of you were at Winds of Change on this Wednesday? Awesome. Um, Holy Spirit's been showing up and showing off in a very powerful way. And, and the theme this past Wednesday night was about the Father's love. How many of you enjoyed that? That was good. It was really good. Um, and, and at the end of that time, um, there was... Um, a time of having people can come up and have the father's blessing uh, or the mother's blessing. And many, many people, I mean, really were deeply, deeply, Holy Spirit was going somewhere where man cannot go, somebody. And, and it was just a powerful thing. And so I felt that Holy Spirit wanted to do a deeper work in that area. And so we're going to go there. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're going there tonight. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Jesus, in one, we come to you. We thank you for what you've done in this house already. We thank you for the worship. It was so sweet. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would open our ears, tune our hearts, Lord God, to our ears to what you want to speak, because there is a word and there is an affection that you want to give to us tonight. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So before I get started... Um, God's been downloading a few specific things to me over the past couple of weeks, and I didn't really know who it was for or, or what it was for. But, um, and then I was asked to, to, to speak. And so um, I want to go after them. I want to take a couple of minutes because it's important to go after the things. When Holy, how many know when Holy Spirit speaks, it's pretty good to be obedient to that versus not be obedient to that? And the worst thing you could ever do is have regret for not 
being obedient to the unction and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so a couple things, and I'm just going to go after it, is uh, God has highlighted insomnia to me. He's highlighted big time ADD and ADHD. And, and the, the lists are a couple of other things that the high blood pressure and discouragement and despair are going to come to a close tonight. They're going to come and they're going to be nullified and we're going we're gonna, to um, just break it off. We're going to cut it off at the root. Amen. Uh, whether it, it implies to you or not, it, it, it is indifferent. But as one of the unity of believers through the spirit of unity and the power of agreement as one, there's power when two or three, my word tells me, are gathered in his name. And there's more than enough here tonight. So, Jesus, we thank you that the spirit of insomnia and the spirit of infirmity that is parallel with that will be broken in Jesus' name. We thank you for the attention deficit disorder and attention deficit hyperactive disorder, Lord God, will be broken in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, even with all the, uh, the specific things that are associated with those attention learning uh, difficulties, Lord God, uh, of the front lobal uh, areas in the brain and, and the um, impulse control and all that, all those things, Lord God, that we speak to that and we say, be made whole. We speak to that thing and we say, be made perfect. Father, I pray that your anointing would rest in each of us. And I thank you that hypertension, also known as high blood pressure, is going to go away. It's a friend that was never invited to our life. And we say yes to perfect and normal, the normality of high blood pressure. It will regulate and it will remain somebody in this house. That was a good word right there. Discouragement and despair. It looks different in each, in, in different situations. So Lord, whatever level and whatever shape that has taken on, I say no to that, and I say, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you rest upon each and every one? My Bible tells me somewhere that this, the joy that he gives, the world didn't give it, and the world cannot take it away. Is that right? The world did not give it, and the world can't take it away. So, Father, I pray for Holy Spirit joy. It's a joy that's unspeakable, and it's also full of glory. So we thank you in this house that the spirit of discouragement and the spirit of despair lifts now off your people. Hmm. Yeah. And be, okay, I'm just going to keep going because this is all about yielding and be obedient. So, um... <laughs> The, the Smileys, hello. And uh, Joe and Anna, they're awesome people. For those of you who don't know, know them. Now, so not only do I want to honor you publicly, because, you know, being in a culture of honor, to me it's just, you know, it's, it's second nature. I don't, even, I don't even think about it. But um, the Holy Spirit, even though I talked to you earlier, very briefly, just to see how you're doing and all that, the Holy Spirit has been highlighting me specifically um, lately, and uh, even even before the things that I knew, and uh, I just want to declare that the favor and the anointing of God, he used the word ridiculously, is all over you guys, and that's no surprise to you guys, but he just wants to make that public, and that to get ready, because there's a promotion coming, yeah, you know, it's, it's a promotion, there's, there's, uh, there's, there's uh, newer heights, but it's just not a regular height. It's like a supernatural God thing. It's in the counter like you've never experienced them before. And God says he has prepared your heart and he's prepared your life for such an hour as this. And everything together out of Romans 8.28 that all things will work together for the good. There is a culminating in your life, a culmination that Holy Spirit is working the things together and he's bringing you to the forefront to the kingdom for such an hour as this. So I bless you. I just declare that there are greater things on the way. There are greater things on the horizon. In Jesus' name, amen. So Holy Spirit was speaking to me to this week that hope is rising. Amen? Hope is rising in this house. 
Somebody. Hope. Hope. Come on. It's such a simple word, but it has a powerful impact. Hope is rising in this house. And I'm thinking, well, surely there has to be a scripture somewhere in the Bible about it. And I went digging. And I came to 2318 of the book of Proverbs. There surely is a future hope for you, and your hope will not be cut off. I don't know about you, but how many of you can use some new hope? Some fresh, brand new, spanking new hope. Come on. So, Father, release. The hope is rising, not only in this house, but it's rising in me, and it's rising in each one here tonight. In Jesus' name, we thank you. That hope is going to be our portion. It's going to be our portion. It's going to be our portion in our families. It's going to be a portion in 2014 where things have remained, some things have remained dormant, some things have remained neutral. God says he's implementing the spirit of hope. And Father, I declare in every area where there has been hopelessness, you come and you establish hope by the power and the administration of your Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, now I can start. All right, so um, besides uh, spending time with, well, my beautiful wife, she, that's just self-given right there. And I have three girls, for those of you who don't know, so prayer is appreciated. And um, they are nine six and almost two so life is interesting in our house but it's good um so besides spending time and just having fun you know for the most of you know me but for those of you don't this bears you know repeating um that pastoral ministry and creating wealth entrepreneurially are my passions those are my forefront passions because god is in it and god says it's okay and um, the latest one, which is sort of in the infancy stages, is uh, Ice Cream and Confections uh, retail front with a wholesale clientele base. And um, I've made up my mind that I will reinvent the market, not only in this land, but across the globe. And that's just the way it is. So stay tuned. Sorry, that was a free plug. Um, uh, there's no time to run down... The many, many flavors. But anyway, we're moving on. Yeah, yeah. Everybody say we're moving on. Yeah, there we go. Um, we love you, Nancy. Chocolate is good. Um, but to live, and I want to, you know, how many of you know that we, as, um, as leaders and Pastor Brent and, and all the elders, we've been going very deep this last season of being vulnerable as a family. Yeah, it's, it's good to do that, especially when there's people, and especially when there's leaders that you can trust wholeheartedly that have the best interest for you. It's, a, it's an interesting place to journey to, but oh, such freedom and oh, such joy that it brings. And even the stuff, just the few things that I've um, mentioned to you guys, to live and experience all that, has happened. You know why it's happened? Because of a radical encounter with the Father's love that I had. It's a love that transformed my whole entire life. It transformed my thinking. It's a love that keeps on keeping on. Amen? It's a love that always wins. And it is a love that will never lose. A love that shows and tells me who Papa says I truly am. And that speaks of who your true identity, not only in crisis, but your true identity of what your purpose created and destined for in this earth. So when we come into the realization of how much the Father loves us, regardless of the circumstances or the situations, I've recognized, and I keep on recognizing, that there is a shift and there is a realignment in how I perceive myself. 
in how I see myself, perceive myself, and, and know who I am. Why? Because then I know who my, who, who my identity is through him, capital H. Now, I know we all grew up with this, and it might sound cliche, but I'm going to go there. Um, I believe that true identity given from the Father, what, who, what you were created for. You know, um, a friend of mine has sort of coined the phrase, he, he's a pastor friend of mine. He said, you were not created to suck air. And that's very true. There is a greater purpose. <laughs> Some of you get that when you go home. But um, there, there's a greater purpose. And we all know this, but there's, a, there's such, the greater purpose that you can think right now, God, even, God see, because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. If we were to know the magnitude and the scope of what the Lord really had um, created us and purposed us for, we couldn't handle it. It would blow us away. But God. But the true identity, I find that's discovered through relationship and not religion. Amen? It is a love. I'm talking about the love of Papa here. Because it's all relational. It's the type of love that rules can't give. It's the type of love that you won't find in a regulation book. It's the type of love that no program can offer. No agenda. So some might ask me, and I, and I get a lot of questions about this. Some might ask me, well, you know, that sounds really nice. And, you know, but, and it's easy for you to say that and get up there and say that. Um, but how, how can you really believe that? You know, when you really sort of break it down, how many of you ever thought, okay, I understand that, but then Holy Spirit will come in and she's like, no, let me break that down a little bit more so you really get the gist of what I'm trying to show you and take you through? Anybody in this place? So I speak personally. You know, when growing up and hearing about the Father's love, it sounds very nice and it sounds very... Um, you know, very uh, catchy, very luring in the midst of a culture. And I'm honoring here, but we're speaking the facts, right? In the midst of a culture where things, situations, and people tell you what to do and who you are going to be. You're told what the Father's love is really all about, but yet it, means, it remains distant. Anybody ever, ever been there before? And so you begin to believe what you're told. You begin to believe what you have heard. Because you think, that well, that must be it. This is it. And as I said earlier, on the journey that we all walk, on this Christian journey that we all walk, how many of you thankful that is it a relational journey and not a religious one? Yeah. Don't worry for you, people. It will get deeper. We're getting there, okay? I'm still on page one. I haven't got to page two yet. It's all good, though. Not only a relationship with Jesus, but a relationship with the one, capital O the one who sent him to redeem us. In the simplicity of the word, there is power in it. And that's why the Father loves you and he loves me that much. And even though John 3.16 is a hallmark scripture for those, most of us who know that, for God so loved the world that he gave his only, I'm so glad that it was only one and not five that he had to choose from. There was only one. There was no option B. There was the one. He was the Jesus was the one. So what I'm going to do is read you something. Now some of you probably, I don't know, most of you might have heard it, but just act like you're surprised, okay? When I get done. 
because there's some new faces in, in here since I've shared this last. This is the second time I've shared this. Now, this is part of being vulnerable, and it's okay because it's good. What I want to do right now is give a story <clears throat> of uh, some background information. And it's a story of how much, how deep, how wide that the love of the God of the Father will go to restore someone. And not only does he restore, but he restores all. Because I am convinced that he works all things together for the good who love him. Even when we're going through stuff and we can't understand or perceive that at that very moment, God says, oh, no, no, I'm going to work it all together for the good. Nothing will go to waste in the kingdom of God, especially in our lives, because he has this specific and this unique way of working stuff together. This is a story that defies the odds. It's a story full of redemption. And that sounds familiar. I've read that somewhere. It's a story for reflecting unconditional love from a father who is deeply and passionately in love with this person, just as he is deeply and passionately in love with you. And that will never change. Regardless of how we change, his love changes not for us. Now I'm going to read you something, okay? It's about a person. This all has to do with the love of God, all right? Everybody doing okay? I, I found that checking in with people's good, just to make sure everybody's on the same page. Everybody on the same page? We're good? Okay. Here we go. This is a, a story of a person that um, gave me their story to share, and I have permission to do it. So here we go. All right. As a boy, he grew up in a Christian home with an upbringing in the Assemblies of God and some influence from the Church of God in Christ. So at the age of three, his world would uh, be changed as he was sexually abused one night while no family was around during that time. He soon forgot about this moment of trauma as the years passed, growing up in a controlled and manipulative household. Through his young adolescence, trouble was the main theme of his life. Almost every day in grammar school and throughout middle school, he would get into fights as peers continued to pick on him as he was seen as an easy target. But this happened repeatedly throughout these years in public and Christian school. So during the ninth grade of this young person's life, he was uh, found in a fight. and Somebody was trying to break it up, a teacher. And instead of stopping, he turned around and punched the teacher. So as a result from that, he was expelled out of ninth grade and the school. Around this time in his life, his immediate family began to be torn apart as the details of an extramarital affair began to surface. As a result, his parents were asked to leave the church where his father served as an elder. This brought hardship and heartache to everyone in his family. For one year, the family did not attend church anywhere. But in the midst of his parents becoming separated during this time, the thought of divorce always visited this young teenager's mind with him wondering if the family he grew up with in one moment would be no more. Eight months later, everybody say eight months later, through the mercy and grace of God. His parents were reconciled to one another and began a journey to complete restoration. It's noted later on in this young man's story that his parents have been married for over 42 years and serve as elders in their local church. As this young preteen became angrier with his parents and siblings, people close around him and current ordeals facing him, he began making decisions that hurt people around him, verbally and through foolish actions. 
This behavior ultimately brought him to a point of being asked by his pastor to leave the church. By the way, the story tells us that a couple of years ago, after having received inner healing, deliverance, and counsel, this young man was finally able to disclose to his parents what had happened to him over 35 years ago. So in the year of 1989, after he was expelled, he was accepted into an independent studies program. All of his prior credits in ninth grade had been wiped clean from the district, except with the exception of 10 units of physical education spared. His independent studies teacher made it crystal clear to him that there would be no room or tolerance for any foolishness. He told the young man that it was impossible to earn the required amount of credits in order to graduate then junior high and prepare for high school. Interestingly enough, through hard work, commitment, and sacrifice, this teenage boy <clears throat> excuse me, was able to earn the 35 units needed in time, added with the 10 units of PE for a total of 45 to meet the requirements of completion. Says that he graduated with a 3.5 GPA, the highest he had ever achieved up until that point. He was the first expulsion student in his high school district to ever make a full comeback to finish his current grade and matriculate into high school. <clears throat> During his three years of high school, this young man came to encounter the sovereignty and grace of God. He felt for the first time in his life a sense of direction for his life, a call to ministry. Simultaneously, God began to put many desires and passions in this young man, gifts that would rise to the surface, which in turn would be cultivated for years to come. In the year of 1992, he graduated high school and attended a fine arts school for graduating high school seniors. A school focused on helping and cultivating advanced students in their areas of study that would help launch them into a successful career in their industry. For the next 22 years, he was a, large, he was a member of a large charismatic church involved with many ministries a long season where he found, would find himself being groomed for future plans that God had in store. The story adds that he has been able to cultivate a healthy relationship with his parents and family for many years now. But one thing was still missing. Turn to your neighbor and say, one thing was still missing. <clears throat> this is where it gets good and the plot thickens. How many of you love a page turner? Yeah. Okay. Honesty is good. Continuing on. In 2008, he came to a spiritual dry place, telling God, there must be more. Upon returning from the Lakeland outpouring in Lakeland, Florida, he would never be the same. He felt a spiritual shift take place while in those meetings. He knew that things, life, could not progress and happen as usual. Through a course of four months, he experienced countless confirmations through dreams, prophetic words, and affirmations about the timing of transition. He was about to find himself in an atmosphere that would end up changing his world and allowing him to know his true identity. He had always heard about the Father's love growing up, but had never experienced nor encountered it as he knew God originally created and purposed for it to be. In almost six years of being in an atmosphere and culture that has transformed his life, his heart, his identity, and his destiny through encountering Papa's love, he, know, he now knows and believes wholeheartedly he is one of the forerunners that will make history in specific arenas that God has called him to in the world. So for those of you who like a title of a sermon, tonight I'm talking about embracing the Father's love while on the journey to living out your dreams. And by the way, that story is me. This is where it gets good because this is where the redemptive work of God comes in. Amen?
looking back at everything up to my life till now, I can see the sovereignty and the hand of God in those places. How much, just think of your own life and your own circumstances and the things that you have had to journey through. Now, to be real here, and I'll just say it, um, you know, I've heard somebody said, you know, I feel like I'm going through hell. And how many of you know sometimes no answer is the best answer? You're just there to hear the person. But this person was sort of really pressing me for, for some type of response. And I wasn't going to give him a spiritual religious response. And so I, I said, well, you know, uh, whatever you do, don't stop. If you're going through, make sure you go through. Don't stop. Uh, so, so, sort of interesting, but, uh, you know, anyway. <clears throat> but anyway, I, I can show, you know, see, see the hand of God and the Father's love, even through the times that, because, you know, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He, he, he attempted to come and to kill and destroy and take away uh, the livelihood of my childhood, the livelihood of my academic stay in school. He, he tried. Tried is a conditional word. He attempted. Attempted is a conditional word. Why is it a conditional word? It's a conditional word because he did not succeed. What the enemy means for evil, God means it for good. He will redeem all. Amen? And that's just Old Covenant. How much more in the New Covenant that we, I think I have a verse for it too, Ephesians 3.20, and whatever your story is, it says this, that God can do and will do exceedingly above all that we ask or think according to what? It's the power that works in us. It's the power of God. It's the power of Holy Spirit coming, and he's doing more than what we can ask. He's doing more than what we can think. Now, experiencing Father's love, it looks different for each one of us because we all have traveled from different roads. Really, we have. And for me, you know, I grew up in church all my entire life, and I heard all the right sayings, and I, I did all the right things, and did the right expressions, and hugged the right way, you know, did all that stuff. Yeah. The, the right way of hugging. It's sort of interesting. Anyway, moving on. Um, and so there was pretty much a stereotype that I sort of gathered in the years. Went through Bible college, did everything that I was, that I was supposed to do. But when we came into this culture, my wife and I, after coming back from Lakeland, regardless of what you think about that, there was authentic impartation from God that we had. And that's uh, irrefutable. And we knew we had to fan the fire in us so it would not go out and we would not return to where we were at. So we, we made up our mind. And we came into this culture. And I, the first time I walked in this church, we were meeting at Harvest Valley in Pleasanton, not too far from here. There's this guy up on stage. Now you have to remember, I, I come out of a, a culture of uh, more fiery preachers, very sort of loud forefront preachers. And there's this soft-spoken person talking about how much God loves you. Brent, Pastor Brent. And immediately I was offended. I'm like, doesn't he know how to preach? I mean, come on. Really. I sat in the back. I was thinking all kinds of things. And, uh, uh, yeah. And, and I felt bad. I think the first or second time I... I, I 50 questioned him on the spot, wanted to know all this stuff, and, and uh, he quickly let me know that it's okay not to do that. And, uh, but he had grace. For those of you who know Pastor Brent, he has grace, he has mercy, and he has love. And that's just the way he is. The first time that I experienced the tangible presence of knowing that Father God loved me was in Kingdom Training. How many alumni of Kingdom Training or Kingdom Training School of Supernatural do we have in the building? Look at all that. Isn't that awesome? Come on, yeah. You're going to clap. Let's clap. Clapping's good. All right. Here we go. That's enough. And so anyway, um, 
he, you know, they were talking about this father's blessing, and, you know, if you were a woman, you know, a mother's blessing, and I had reservations still. Even in kingdom training, I got offended. I'm like, what's this stuff they're teaching? Because I know it all. I've been through Bible college. I know the Greek, and I know the Hebrew, and I know the homiletics, and the hermeneutics, and this, and this, and this. And so, but I went up, and uh, who happens to be open? Pastor Brent. I'm like, oh, this is really going to be wonderful. It's how I thought. So I went up to him, and he says, just close your eyes. I'm like, oh, Lord. And so I closed my eyes, and he began to look past anything in the natural, and he was quick to attune his spirit with what Holy Spirit wanted to do, where he wanted to go, and what he wanted to break through, and where he wanted to break out in me. And he began to speak these life, these words of life over me in the Father's blessing of what the Lord was showing him. And then he says, I want you to open your eyes. So I opened my eyes and he looked, how many of you know when somebody looks you right dead in the eyes? Sometimes it can be a little uncomfortable, especially if you really don't know the person too well. And he did that to me. And he says, and even as an earthly father where you have never been blessed and you never have been um, praised and all this stuff, I bless you. And it was at that moment that I broke. Because there was a person who happened to be a pastor that cared enough to speak the truth, the life, and the love that I have been craving for many years to hear. But to that point, I thought all pastors were the same. Set agendas, hidden intents and motives. And I thought it was really too good to be true. You know, some of the first words I ever heard about pastors Brent and Suzanne were, they're all about releasing you into your destiny. It's really God, and you know, it's a laviao, and I'm like, well, that sounds nice. I'll believe it when I see it. I actually said that. And, uh, and, how, and I've come to know, just through cultivating friendship and cultivating relationship with them, that they are the real deal. There's no fake. There's no plastic. It's real. They are, they are organic as you can get. Because they're all about loving people right where they're at. Amen? That was a good word right there. And so, um, and I honor them too. I honor them. I honor them. And, I, and, and another thing, this is, how many of you are, are, are getting this? It's simple, but God has something in it for you. He has something in it for me because how many know it's a process and it's a journey that we walk through? We have not arrived, popular or contrary to popular belief by some. We have not, you know, and thank you, Jesus, that this thing that we walk through is not in the sweet by and by. It is for here, kingdom now on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Psalms in my Bible reads and that's what it tells me and it's what the Holy Spirit breathes upon to give life. And to give hope. We talked about hope earlier, right? But I find that God will use sincere and wholehearted people. Let's say that together. Sincere and wholehearted people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He'll use them. And he'll use them to minister the Father's love to you. And he'll use them to minister the Father's love to me. One person is my wife. Because she knows me the best probably than anybody else. And if it was not for her, I wouldn't be who I am. Yeah, that sounds cute and everything, but it's actually true. Because there's been many, many times when I've had a set way of looking at stuff, and she would uh, very gently and lovingly suggest to me of um, taking another look at it. How many men in the house that are married can say, thank you, Jesus, for my wife? I didn't, did you say something? I didn't really hear it. Yes? Come on. Either you're going to, either we're going to say it or we're not. Come on. Your wives would appreciate that. That's, that's in the wisdom I've learned the hard way. Okay. So the intent and the motive of my heart has been and will continue to be to love on people right where they're at. I don't care how you look. I don't care where you come from. I don't care how you smell. I don't care what it is. 
God, really, seriously, God has a purpose. It sounds very simple, but it's very deep. Even if all hell breaks loose, and that's the hallmark of your life, God says, you know, it might look this way and they might perceive it this way, but there's something that the love of my Father, who I know very well, that can break through and that can break out in that person. The motive and the intent of my heart to help guide people spiritually to where they know how much Papa God adores them, how much he loves them, a love that can empower, a love that can transform. What does it transform? It transforms their heart. It transforms their life. Transforms them into knowing who they are, their true identity. It's a love transforming their world. And what's it do? It further releases them into their destiny. I told Pastor Brent not too long ago, uh, maybe it was actually a long time ago, months ago. Um, I said, you know, I don't want anything in me or any stuff in me in my life longer than it needs to be and preventing me from getting going on in my journey to what I was purpose created and destined for in this life. And it's a statement of faith. It really is. It's a statement and it's a declaration and it is a proclamation. But yet it's a journey. We all journey there. So I'm going to read something right now because I can and I have the mic. All right. How many of you have had the privilege of reading Pastor Brent's book, Daddy, You Love Me? About half. So the other half who haven't, I strongly urge you to purchase. Yes, I said purchase. Purchase a copy. Um, and I don't know, they'll probably be available some other time. I don't think they're available tonight. But th- this book is full. How many of you, when you read a book, especially if it's academic or something, and you're like, ooh, that's a really good nugget right there. Ooh, that's really good. Anybody? Am I the only one? No. This whole entire book is all nuggets. Daddy, you love me, living in the approval of your heavenly Father. Because contrary to what a lot of people in the church believe, God approves of you. Yes, you. He does. Okay? So there's something I want to go after on page 69. And this is the chapter where it's talking about a father who celebrates you. How many are thankful in this place that God celebrates us? He celebrates you. He celebrates me. Even in our weaknesses and even in our strengths, And even where we're going and where we come from, we are still celebrated. God's love is not flip-flop. God's love is unconditional. It will always remain. That's why it does not lose. It will always win. Come on. Just need an organ behind me and I'll be fine. We don't have that. We don't have that here. Oh, well. I'll just pretend it's there. It's all good. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's funny because I would, uh, as, a, as a young person, even going through all the stuff I would go through and think I'm going crazy and, like, did this really happen to me? Did it all happen to me? You know, all that kind of stuff. I would have dreams that I would one day stand before people, and in some cases, thousands of people, and declare his goodness, and declare his grace, and declare his love. So I am standing in the manifestation of, of a certain magnitude of the dreams that God intended for my life. And so shall you stand. I prophesy under the unction and the leading that I'm feeling right now. There's many of you that you're like, well, you know, it sounds nice and it sort of looks nice. But I don't know if that's really for me. But Holy Spirit would come to sort of mess with you and say that there's some things that he wants to uh, switch around, even in our thinking and even in our intellect, because this is a year where I believe it's going to begin some initial beginnings. Why I say that? Because there's a lot more beginnings after that, where God is raising up a company of people, and it's going to look different in each one of our lives. Some of it is going to, we're going to go after the seven mountains. That was a good place to say amen. We're going to go after the seven mountains. Some of you have a noble calling to full-time ministry. 
Some of you, Holy Spirit, has your clear and attentive direction right now. And the best thing that we can do wherever you find yourself is to say, yes, sir, you have my complete and you have my full attention. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? Because you remember, we all know that the Holy Spirit is not an it, but the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. And so we respect the person of the Holy Spirit. I mean, the person, yeah, the person of the Holy Spirit. That's right. So page 69, I'm going back on the main trail, getting off the bunny trail. This is, this is Pastor Brent's words. Here we go. If you do not yet see yourself as the immensely, I love the choice of words that he uses, as the immensely valuable treasure you are to God, I have another truth to add to the arsenal of flabbergasting love bombs sent your way to convince you. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I can just see him saying that. I can just hear him saying that. That's so awesome. When the author of Hebrews writes about Jesus for the joy. Somebody say for the joy. joy. Set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. Then he goes on to say that the joy he's talking about is you. It's each one of you. It's me. And then he puts, what? He put that right in the book. He put, what? How many of you ever had that what moment? Yeah. I have a lot of them, and they all sound different. He put, yes, you were the joy set before Jesus that gave him the courage to endure the cross. He saw himself and his father in the future, along with all those he so dearly loved that he rescued them from darkness together forever. And in in the middle of the book, with the lines sort of separating it. He put, if the joy set before him was only being back with the Father, then he didn't need to leave heaven in the first place. If it was just to go back to the Father and that was it, well, he shouldn't, it would have defeated the purpose of him leaving. He continues on. He was already with the Father before coming to earth. No, his prize was clearly you. Yeah. Revelation like this absorbed into your spirit will change you from the inside out. Then he goes on and he poses a question. Why don't you tell him right now how it makes you feel to know that you were the joy set before Jesus on the cross? So let's do that. Jesus, we thank you. In your own way, just audibly thank him right now. Jesus, we thank you. Come on. When you were on that cross and you endured all the pain and all the indescribable things that I can't even begin to fathom, you saw us. There was a purpose for redemption, Lord God. It was to reconcile and restore us back to the Father. This is all about intimate relationship. The love of the Father, it is a relational journey. It is a relational journey. Remember that. How many of you love Song of Solomon? There's a lot of good stuff in that book. I mean, yeah, I'll leave it right there. But, uh, you know, we sang this the other night at Winds of Change, and it was really good. You know, I said love will never lose. Love will always win. And that's true. But I'm here to proclaim. And I'm here to declare in your heart. And I'm here to declare it in your ear. That his banner. His banner. Everybody say his banner. banner. Over me. Is love. It's simple. But it's going to hit you in a profound way. Because I've been praying over the last couple of days, that when we profess and when we declare and when we speak that, it's going to do something different. It's going to affect our skin. I'm really, because God is doing something new in this hour. We can all feel it. It's like I can almost feel the tangibility of it in the air. Holy Spirit is wants to just mess our, our things up and 
go and take us to a place where no man has gone before. I really mean that. He, he wants to take us in and out of this world. Come on, somebody. He wants to take us in, and he wants to take us to the third heaven. He wants to have those experiences, us to have those experiences, you know? And I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us our day this daily bread, you know? And it goes on. On earth, we don't have to wait for a sweet by and by moment to experience all of it. That's why the, the scope of heaven coming down to earth and we sing about it and we've read about it and we we've done all these songs but how much more when we step into agreement and when we step in partnership with holy spirit and say holy spirit it's not about agenda you've heard pastor brent say it before he could care less at times if he gets to preach or not holy spirit what are you doing in the room holy spirit what are you doing in the hearts of people It is a relational journey. It is a relational journey. And I'm here to prophetically declare. We're going to hear more about prophetic stuff next week. The School of the Prophets and those. You know, Bill already put the plug in for it, but I'm going to replug it because there's power in the prophetic word. There's truth in the prophetic word. There is direction and there is guidance in the power of the prophetic. And God is about building this up. The purpose of the prophetic will never be to tear down, but it will always be to edify, and it will always be to lift up. So I encourage you, if you can, make it next week. Sign up. Receive that ministry, because God is very intentional with us. Somebody? That's a word that was highlighted through 2013 for me. It's like, it's time that you start becoming intentional with some things. It's time that you start becoming intentional with some people. It's time to get back to being intentional with those friendships that you really should be cultivating more deeper. Whatever it might be, there is an intentionality that God is bringing to our awareness. That was good right there, okay? So, Father, we thank you that I, we are prophetically declaring in this house, and you can all agree with it right here, that your heart tonight, that we are on a journey to encounter and experience the Father's love in a way that only the Father can love. In only a way that the Father can touch. In only a way that the Father can hold us. There is no touch and there is no hold like the Father. And only the, only, only the way that Father can cradle and hold you, because for a lot of us, we need that. Whether we didn't have that growing up for our, from our natural father or mom or dad the times when we really really needed to have it God is here and he declares that there is a repropriation where he will take you if we allow him access Jesus take us to the father take us to that place so father what I'm praying for tonight I just declare a release right now in this room. I release, Lord God, that's coming. Father, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Father's love in this house. A fresh infilling. A fresh infilling. A fresh impartation. Lord Jesus, Father, that you would baptize us once again. We thank you for water and we thank you for the baptism of the holy spirit but father there's nothing like the baptism of your love it's pure love it's not tainted love it's pure now i want us to do something yeah we're good i want us to do something just if you're willing because you have to be willing just take a posture real quick like this okay 
doesn't require batteries. It's all manually operated. Okay, and uh, uh, we're just going to go there for a minute. Okay, I'm going to play a song here in a minute that will help us even go further. But uh, we're going to go here right now. So, Jesus, we ask you to come take us by the hand and that you would take us to Papa. And this is going to look different for many of you. But ask ask Jesus to take you to Papa and to have Papa go with you to those places in our past. Whatever situation it might be, it could be good, it could be bad, or it could be a, a situation that was not life-giving, whatever it might be, and say, where were you? Because he's going to show you where he's at. We're going to give a minute right there. And as he begins to speak to you, just enter in with him. You remember, it, this, this thing that we're on is a relational journey. So we have to be able to relate with him, which in turn causes us to relate with one another. So, Father, I thank you right where we're at, the place that he has us. Thank you for taking us to that place or places. Father, we thank you that you can change things. Lord, I believe without that, that you're not in a box. You're not limited. So, Father... I ask you that you would minister and that you would bring all the things that you know to bring to that specific situation where each one of us are at, that you would bring it now. Just go ahead and ask him. Whatever Whatever that might be, whatever that looks like for you. So, Father, I just thank you. I just break the lie that if any of us were told that we were never good enough, that we didn't measure up, that we were a mistake, that I wish you were never born, stuff like that, some deep heart-connected things. Lord, we we just break that lie, and we say, God... There is a purpose. You do not make mistakes of any kind. When God creates something, it is not a mistake. But Father, there is a greater and a higher purpose. I ask that you would bring healing. You bring deliverance. That you would begin, there would be a beginning to these things. I'm just going to wait just a few more seconds here. And I encourage you to, um, as needed, just, you know, in your time with the Lord, this is a good, this is a good place to go. It's a good place to go. And the times and the things that I've had to do in my own life, going back to some of those places where I'd rather not really go back to because it's so, I'm going to use the word freaking, painful. It's so enormously painful. 
usually we don't like to go to those places. But God, in his love and in his kindness, wants to heal those places up. He wants to heal those places up as we journey together as a family. Amen? We're journeying together in this thing together. We are journeying together. And I'm going to step out and say it. We really need each other. Even if we don't feel like it, we need each other. And yes, that comes through time and trust has to be earned. And there's lots of different things that go with that. But we need each other. That's why it's called a family. I was reminded, if you're in that place, you can remain in that place. Mom, I'm going to continue on. Let's get in finishing up on the printed notes, that is. Um, Misty Edwards of IHOP in Kansas City came out with a song some years ago. And uh, I liked it at first because it was sort of a catchy melody. I'm like, oh, that's sort of easy to sort of sing and stuff. We could teach that to people. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's all about love. Love, love, love. And there's a lot of verses, but I don't know. I just know about the love. It's all about love. Let's just say that. It's all about love, 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 love. And that looks different at different places on the journey. And sometimes it's a little bit more challenging to press on and to press through on the journey. But aren't you thankful that the power of his love? There's power in his love. It's just not there. There's a purpose. Jesus, we thank you. Father, Father, I thank you right now. I'm reminded of the, the lyrics of that old song. Hold me close. Let your love surround me. Bring me near. Draw me to your side. And as I'll wait, I'll rise up like the eagles. I will soar with you. Your spirit leads me on in the power of your love. So, Father, I just thank you right now. Right now, Father, we are all at different places on the journey. And it all looks different for each one of us here. But I say, Father, there is nothing too big and there is nothing too hard that the power of your love cannot break. There's nothing too big, Lord, and there's nothing too, too hard for you that the power of your love cannot remove. Father, as a fresh baptism of love tonight in this place, as a fresh baptism of your love tonight in each heart here, Lord God, in each household represented in this place, Lord God, we thank you that it's going to be a love that keeps on keeping on. It's going to be a love that is never going to run dry, but it's going to be a love that's going to have purpose it's going to be a love, Lord God, that is going to take us from one place to another. It's going to carry us through. It's going to carry us through. So we give you permission and we give you access. I'm just declaring right now and I'm praying for each one of us that the full administ administration of the Holy Spirit 
how he seems fit and how he seems able to orchestrate it, that we would allow him to come and to reveal Jesus as he does, but that Jesus would continue to take us to the Father. He would continue to take us to the Father and the Father take us to those places where he wants to do some things. Because how many know the Holy Spirit can go in you and he can go in me where a man cannot go? So, Father, we thank you for what you are doing, even in the simplicity of it all. We thank you that there is power, Lord God. We thank you that nothing is lost. I come against that lie in Jesus' name, and I say, God, in his infinite ways, will work all things together for the good. Father, we thank you, even in the places that are void in our past and the things where we have missed out on in the natural, Lord God. You can so easily bring restitution. You can so easily restore, Lord God, because you are the restorer. You give life. You breathe into things when there is nothing that looks like can be breathed upon. But we know, even in the, in the words of old, Lord God, that there was some dry bones. And the Ezekiel the prophet came, and he looked at it. He says, prophesy to the bones. He says, who am I to prophesy? And the Lord commanded. And we know the story that the breath came from the north, the south, the east, and the west. And the prophet prophesied what the Lord had commanded him. And then the scriptures go on. And then the favorite part of the story that I love to brag about is that then there stood an exceedingly great army. God's about to breathe some life into some areas and into some things. And he's going to use people. And he's going to use certain things and certain ones 